Have you ever wondered why God gave you the incredible gift of imagination? You know, everything that we see around us in this physical world is a product of imagination. In this session, we're going to look at the biblical basis for using your imagination. You know, there's been much controversy over visualization or using your imagination. People say, oh, it's new age. But did you know that God considers imagination as reality? Think about that. You know, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, it talks about the eyes of your understanding. What is that? What are they? And again, in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8, 18, it talks about looking into the invisible. Well, how do we do that? You know, our capacity to see and hear and feel on a spiritual level in that capacity, there are three primary spiritual senses that are used to interact with God. You know, Napoleon, one of the greatest and most successful tacticians in warfare, believed that imagination ruled this world. Einstein, one of the greatest mathematicians and physicists, believed that imagination created the world. Well, were these men right? The Bible teaches us that imagination, our imagination, creates your personal world. And in this session, we're going to look at this subject and study it. We're going to study it carefully. It's important that you open your heart to this because it can really change your life. Talk to me. Talk to me I'm waiting in the morning I wait throughout the day How sweet it is for me to hear All the things you have to say Last session we dealt with verbal communication that is, the voice of God, verbal speaking, words, uh, the voice of God, and how that, how that is felt and how that is sensed within our heart. And today we're going to deal with visual communication, how God can communicate with us visually. And I just want to read a few scriptures to kind of kick this off today. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, it reads like this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, Notice that phrase there, the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. 
You know, we need to look at some of the Greek words for this verse because um, it, it expands the meaning of some of these words. The word eyes here is just the same Greek word for eyes, our physical eyes, the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your heart. The word understanding, the eyes of your understanding, that word understanding is the Greek word dianoia, D-I-A-N-O-I-A. And it means the mind or imagination. The word enlightened comes from a Greek word fortizo, from which we get our English word photograph. And it means to illuminate, as with a phot photograph, to illuminate. So literally what this verse is saying, that the eyes of your imagination might form a picture. So the Apostle Paul is saying here that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he's praying this, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now how can we have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him? How does that happen? By the eyes of your understanding, okay, the imagination being enlightened, that you might know the hope of your calling and the rich of the glory of his inheritance. And so literally the eyes of your imagination forming a picture will give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, God wants to give you knowledge of himself. So he wants you to know him. And he wants to use the visual language or the visual communication to give you understanding of him. This is very, very important because it's been so neglected in the church. You know, in the New International Dictionary of Theology, states that the Greek word dianoia is, when it's used in connection with the heart, always, without exception, means imagination. So the eyes, the inner eyes, the eyes of your heart, the inner eyes of your imagination might be enlightened. Now, people say, well, the Bible says that. Why does the Bible say that we walk by faith and not by sight? You know, Second Corinthians 5 and verse 7. Why, why does the Bible say that? Well, Paul the Apostle was really saying that we walk, if we walk in the spirit realm, we walk in the spirit realm, not in the natural realm. We walk with, by what we see in the spirit realm. By faith, we walk in that realm. Now, Jesus said this. He said in John chapter 8 and verse 38, he said, I speak that which I have seen of my Father. Okay, which he had seen with his father. There are at least 383 references in the Bible to vision or to seeing in that invisible realm. For instance, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, Paul the Apostle said this. He said, Why we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, the question is, how do we look at things which are not seen? There's an unseen realm out there which we can look at with the eyes of our heart. Looking at things which are unseen with the eyes of the heart, the imagination, inner vision. You know, in the last session we talked about spontaneous thought, how the Holy Spirit will speak to us internally. In the flow, in the form of a, a sensed as a flow of spontaneous thought. Well, 
It's the same in the visionary realm. God and often God does often speak to us in spontaneous flow, in spontaneous vision. Something, you know, which we didn't start, something which just kind of flowed. We didn't start it. Suddenly we began seeing something with the eyes of our heart, not with these eyes, but in the imagination realm, with that faculty which God gave us, we began to see things. That's spontaneous. Where does that come from? You know, when God speaks, the flow is always spontaneous. It's not something we start, it's something He starts. Now, you might ask the question, why did God give us imagination? Well, simply, so that we could imagine. You know, we use the imagination in every other realm of life, except in our religious life, except in the realm of the spirit, in our church life, in our Christian life. You know, we can use our imagination. Satan can use it. And God or the Holy Spirit can use it. Satan can use any of our faculties, and so can God. Just because Satan uses that doesn't mean to say it's valid. We have to discern who is using it. You know, the difference between your imaginations and the Holy Spirit imparting vision is that word again, spontaneity. It is spontaneous, something we didn't start. When you're imagining or seeing something which you didn't start, you can be sure that someone else started it. You say, well, what is daydreaming? Well, unless you started, unless you deliberately began to focus and think about something and begin to visualize it in, the, in your imagination, that's something you started. But if it's something you didn't start, where is that coming from? You see, it's coming from the realm of spirit. God, Holy Spirit, or Satan and demonic forces. You know, either you started it or someone else did. It's important to understand this and recognize this. You know, to be blind in the natural realm is a terrible handicap. But it's the same handicap in the realm of the spirit in our Christian walk. We are really handicapped if we don't exercise and have this area of our life quickened. You know, God communicates with us by spontaneous vision. So you say, well, how do we tell when it's either what I'm seeing is from me, is from the devil, the demonic forces, or is it from God? How, how do I tell the difference? Well, it's the same in which way in which we talked about vocal communication from the Lord. You know, behind every communication, there is a personality. Whoever's speaking to you has a personality. There's a personality behind it. Now, when Satan is speaking to you, or demonic forces, their personality will come through. It can be flattery. That's a demonic personality. It can be accusations which put you down. You know where that's coming from. He is a liar. The Bible says Satan is a liar from the beginning. He condemns destructive pornographic flashes. You know where they came from. Immoral daydreaming, see? But with God, when it's coming from God, God edifies, he builds up. It has a reaction within you of humility. He teaches in truth, he builds up, he encourages, he is creative. He is pure, 
whatever's coming through will be pure. Basically, how does it make you feel? Because the personality of the person speaking to you will begin, begin to impinge or impact upon you. And again, remember we talked about a, fil a filter in Philippians 4 and chapter 8. We need to apply that filter to visual communication or imaginations. Philippians 4 and verse 8, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So, in other words, you're having something run through your mind visually, running through your imagination. Push it through the filter. Is it pure? Is it true? Is it honest? Is it lovely? Is it just? Is it condemning other people or not? You see, you're running through this filter. Is it a good report? Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, if there be any praise, think on these things. You see, the flow of vision, just like flow of thoughts, come easy when they come from God. They're not strained. They're light, gentle, easy to be cut off. One of the problems, you see, we face is that once this starts, we can begin to embellish it and add to it. And the trick is to keep our own will and our own imagination out of it and just let it flow without us embellishing it or putting anything on it. Now that takes practice and it takes discipline. But after a while, um, you'll get that right. And um, it's interesting to note that the majority of communication with God through his people, to his people in the Bible, came through visions and dreams. Now that is significant. In Acts chapter 2, and verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall listen, see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. You see, in our capacity to see hear and feel on a spiritual level there are three primary spiritual senses that are used okay used to interact with god the holy spirit can flash pictures across your mind all right it comes without as a continuous effort without any effort on your part you weren't straining you didn't start it it flows it can be ongoing, it can be continuous, or it can be short. You know, the natural mind easily is, is, is a problem to us because the natural mind, the Bible says, is an enemy of the things of God. Our own natural reasoning is a problem. And it takes practice and experience, you see, to be able to keep your natural mind out of it. This is a problem. You know, the Greek word for the natural mind, that word natural mind, dia, is dia logesimo. It means reasoning, the reasoning mind. Acts chapter 18 and verse 4, it says, and he reasons, Paul reasoned in the synagogue. That's his natural mind, you see. 
but it, it, it's a problem when it comes to spiritual things because it cannot know, the Bible says, spiritual things. And there is a connection between that part of the mind which deals with images and pictures and dreams and what the Bible calls the heart. I don't fully understand that connection, but there is a connection between the heart and what the Bible refers to as dreams and visions and, and spiritual pictures and so on. Now, in, in the Western world, the church is nearly totally preoccupied with the dialogissimo, the logical side of the mind. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural mind receiveth not of the things of God. Serious. The natural mind cannot understand the things of God. They are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see? Spiritually discerned. The things of God are spiritually discerned. You know, the brain, scientists tell us that the brain is divided into two halves. The right, the right sphere and the left sphere of the brain. The right is the logical side of the brain. The left is the creative side of the brain. Now, Western education deals primarily with the right side of the brain, the logical side of the brain. And by the time a child gets around the age of seven or eight, the other side of the brain is not developed, the creative side. And um, it begins to shut down to a degree. This is not so in the non-Western world. Countries where the right side is, is uh, the left side is very active, the creative side, the visual side. You know, you can go to places like India and miracles are very easily. They easily come because... People don't reason with that side of the brain. They accept the supernatural. They accept the visionary realm. They accept that unseen realm of spirit. It's a different paradigm. You see, it, it's the, the spirit realm affects the natural realm. That's where their thinking is. We think, well, the natural realm is the only realm. You see, and because we in the West have been educated in that way, to de develop, develop deductive logical reasoning, everything has to be proven before it's, we can believe it. It has to be tested, it has to be proven. A natural mind is strong and the spirit side of a mind is very weak. Romans chapter 8 and verse 7, because the carnal mind, the natural mind, is an enemy, hostile against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. You see, the natural mind is an enemy of God's realm. You know, tests have shown that women are far more intuitive than men. And uh, they use that side of the brain uh, more easily than men do. You know, why are they more intuitive than men? There's a number of reasonings around this matter, but... Remember, one of the main languages of God's realm is pictures. Now, Napoleon, one of the most successful tacticians in warfare, believed that imagination ruled the world, and he